Hello, welcome to our podcast on real life motivation. I'm Rachel Day and I'm one of your hosts. I'm also the founder of Flying School. Flying School is a place that helps children and young people learn how to fly, as in develop inner confidence, as well as learn how to help each other fly. My co-host is Kelda Wood. Kelda is the founder of the charity Climbing Out. Climbing Out runs outdoor activity programmes aimed at rebuilding self-esteem, confidence and motivation in people who have been through mental or physical trauma. In these podcasts, Kelda and I are basically having a chat. We pick a topic and we start sharing our ideas and thoughts and in particular our real life stories in relation to that topic so that we can be as helpful as possible in helping you find motivation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi Kelda, it is lovely to see you. We hadn't planned for today, had we? But you phoned me up this morning on a walk with a brilliant idea for a podcast and us being us, we couldn't really wait um, until we started having this chat so uh, so here we are uh, so- <laughs> it's called being spontaneous I think isn't it <laughs> so tell the listeners what your idea is yeah so my thinking time is when I walk my dogs and I was thinking this morning because um, I was reading a book called The Journey um, which is I am reading a book called, called The Journey which is about a young man called Abdul um, and he lived in Sudan as part of a tribe but they were attacked by rebel t- troops and the whole community was was wiped out and they had to escape to a refugee camp um, they then spent three years in the refugee camp um, and he's ended up walking across the Sahara to try and get to Libya to find work the, the story goes on you know um, it has a happy ending I'm told I haven't I haven't got to the happy ending but but it made me really stop and think about suffering because I've considered in the past that I've suffered things, you know, with my leg injury, with breast cancer, with some of the other things that have happened. But when I was reflecting this morning on, on my walk, I thought, God, is that really suffering? Because when I read what what this kid's been through and it was at six years old that that happened you know he was walking across the Sahara to get work at 10 years old and I kind of thought what an amazing topic topic to discuss around suffering and our perception of suffering so that was where it really came from and and I think it, it suddenly made me come up with loads of thoughts about things I wanted to say around suffering and that was when I rang you up and I was like let's get this let's get this in a podcast so yeah that that's where it all came from brilliant Elder. and is it so if if we're going to talk about today real life motivation and suffering so when we feel like we're really suffering how do we find real life motivation is that what we're going to talk about yeah and I guess I, I could get shot down for saying this but it's kind of that keeping it in perspective so maybe challenging perspectives around suffering because and I guess that in itself is is motivating isn't it because you know I thought when I look at all the things that I class as hardship you know whether it's my 
be my leg injury, the breast cancer, rowing the Atlantic, climbing Aconcagua. Okay, it's been tough, but I've still been supported. You know, I've still had a bed to sleep in. I've still had food to eat. I've still had people looking out for me. So I kind of went, blimey, was that really suffering? Or was that just tough, it, you know? And then I look at Abdul and, you know, they, they were in the refugee camp and his three-year-old brother get, gets malaria and they have no medical treatment. He just has to suffer. Um, and but there are so many stories that I then started to think of where I went, that's true suffering, true suffering. And it, it made me think of, we were running a climbing out program a couple of weeks ago and we were on the River Severn and it turned into a bit of an epic journey. Uh, we're paddling on, on the River Severn. I got it wrong. So we launched from a place and it was further than I thought to the finish. But not only that, there was nowhere to stop for a break. They were high sided banks and so we got on at 12 o'clock with everyone thinking, oh, we'll be stopping in half an hour for lunch. Three and a half hours later, we were still paddling and we hadn't stopped for lunch and people's heads were going down and, and you know, we were getting tired, we were getting hungry. But I was saying to them then, okay, this feels like a bit of an epic now, but you know that in a few hours time, we're going to be back at the hostel with a lovely meal in front of us. You'll have had a shower. You'll have a warm bed to get into. So actually, in the overall scheme of things, this is a tiny, 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 tiny pinprick. You know, it's just a few hours that are a bit tough. And then that made me think of the Atlantic. And, you know, really the same when I was out there. Boy, was it tough. But in my overall lifespan it was a tiny, tiny pinprick. And that that made me challenge my perspective. And I think it's good to challenge it because I, I think it's back to what we've always said, like, let's acknowledge it's tough. That's not saying we have to be happy and, and think that everything's amazing and we're having a great time. We can still go, this is tough, but it's about not letting our heads go down and not getting unmotivated and dragged down by it. because in comparison, in perspective, um, it's it's a tiny pinprick. Gosh, thank you, Kelsey. You've shared so much there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> brilliant. I'm just trying, I think I'm going to summarise what I think I've heard you say, which is that um, sometimes the things that give us motivation are our own perspective on things. And at times our perspective is one of huge suffering maybe maybe we get things out of proportion and when we when we are able to step back and look in we realize that actually that's in the long in the long term that's just a tiny pinprick in our lives to use what you said so one of the things for us to watch sometimes is our own perception and i just wanted to add a couple of thoughts to that because i think it was just making me think actually when you know when a child falls down and hurts its knee the first thing that child does is look to other people to say mm. is this a big deal or not um, so if we rush over and go oh are you okay are you okay and pick them up and then 
then the crying begins because clearly it's a big deal and they should be crying. Um, if we go, oh, you're all right, carry on, then they seem to just carry on. Now, I know that's a real generalized thing that I'm saying there, but what it what it reminds me of is it's not just our own perception of what we mean by suffering. It's other people's perception of what it means to suffer as well. And I think this can work two ways if I'm thinking about real life. I think that I I can I can look in and go, well, that is huge suffering. Are you OK? I can equally if I've just read a book like you've just read, go, actually, sort yourself out that's not a lot <laughs> but, but there's something for me about that suffering is our own perception but it's also our own experience so if um even if someone else wouldn't experience my suffering in the way they are i'm experiencing it i'm still suffering because it's yeah. maybe the first time or maybe but one of the things out of that is perception yes it back into reality and trying to see that bigger picture yeah and i think one thing that's really important to say is it's not um taking anything away from someone's suffering you, you know when someone's lost a family member it, you know they're suffering they they are suffering and, and it's not for a second that we're saying that that suffering doesn't count if that makes sense um i guess I guess I was bringing it back to resilience, which kind of ties into what you say in there, Rachel, because it was actually thinking about, you know, when we think we can't keep going, when we think we've had enough, when we can't cope with something, we can't do something. I guess for me, it's more about challenging that perspective and you know if it's something like like doing the triathlon the other week and you sort of you always have that point where you think I can't keep going like my legs my legs aren't going to do this and then challenging that perspective so I guess that makes me think that I was looking at that from a very specific angle around suffering in more of a physical suffering um context um and I think it's a lot like when we talked about anxiety, someone's suffering is their suffering. You know, they're in, you are, they are entitled to feel how they feel. Um, but I think it's maybe that for me in reading the book that I'm reading and, and I've, I've read two other books that are very similar. Um, there's one called 438 Days, which is a guy who was uh, a Mexican fisherman and he got caught in a storm and his motor broke and he got blown out to sea. And to cut very long story short, he ended up being out there 438 days on his own, um, no food, no water, and he survived. You, you know, he, he learned to catch fish out the sea. He picked up rubbish out the sea to um, catch rain when it fell and it, all sorts of other things. Um, and he became absolutely so resilient, you know. So it is that point where we're saying to ourselves, I can't do this, I can't cope, I can't keep going. I guess challenging that perspective to say, is that really true? Or is that just my perception? 
Yeah, and I think that can be really helpful, like you did on the climbing out um, story that you just said, which is, okay, we, we're finding it tough now, but we're going to have a hot meal by the end of the day and we're going to be okay. And that was making me think about the other types of suffering, which some of them are short term. I'm having a really tough time. But actually, in the grand scheme of things, I've got a family that love me. I've got food on the table, have a roof over my head, and I can put all of that in perspective. One of the, the story that you were sharing right at the beginning made me think of there's not necessarily that isn't the known thing. There are none of those things are known for that person. They don't know where that yes. over their head's going to come. They don't know a lot. So they're suffering without knowing anything more than what's in front of them today, I guess. Mm. And I think, I, I guess I know I'm, I'm very aware I can get on a bit of a high horse and that's why it's great to have this discussion. And if you need me to tell me to wind my neck in, Rachel, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, I look at people who've maybe been diagnosed with with an illness or the, there's an injury or it, you know there's some kind of trauma and actually yes it's tough yes it's difficult yes it's unfair or not what you would choose but actually we're still very lucky that we have the NHS around us we have this network of care that doesn't mean it's okay but actually it's it's a bit of Google search bar stuff, isn't it? It's do we then choose to go, you know, oh, it's so unfair because I've been diagnosed with this or do we choose to go, how lucky am I because I've been diagnosed with this and, and I'm lucky enough to be in a country where we've got such good healthcare and, and support networks. So I guess I realized it myself um, and I found that particularly with my breast cancer journey in that um, I found I handled it much better than I've handled things in the past and I chose to view it that I was lucky to have been diagnosed you know and then to be somewhere that within eight weeks it was diagnosed treated job done you know um, and I, I guess it's making people aware that they have a choice you don't have to suffer as much as you maybe are you do you do have a choice and I completely get that that is dependent on the suffering but I think that's maybe the point that we, we do have a choice it's down to our perspective and how we view that suffering um, whether we get stuck in it and we wallow in it and we get into that sort of negative spiral um, or whether we can actually turn it around and and still get through that suffering a bit easier yeah, I was just thinking then about um, wallowing in it versus this this lovely idea of having a choice and having perspective. And I think um, I was just thinking, you know, I was playing out in my mind in real life. How does that work? Because I think from what my experience, how that works is there's a I need to wallow in my suffering potentially until everyone appreciates I'm suffering <laughs> and then. I need to get out of it but there's just something about acknowledging it as tough by others and by myself mm. in order to to move out of it so I think um one of the things that if you if you remember the change curve um have you done the change curve before where you whenever we whenever there's a change 
um, we move through certain um, emotions. And so one of the first emotions around change is denial. So we might, you know, we might just deny that we're suffering at all by putting it in perspective, but that, that, that will be part of our process for moving through suffering. Um, and, and then we might get angry and then we'll start to recognize the change and then we start to accept it. So there's a sort of a movement that we go through. And I was just thinking about what you're saying here is one of the things that helps us move through that is perspective and understanding around our own level of suffering compared to others and our own um, fortunate stuff that's happening to us around suffering, which will help us move move through it. Is that what you're saying, Kilt? Well, I, I think it's something we have to be really careful of because I always hate that word compared to others because I do think that your suffering is your suffering. And if you are suffering, it doesn't matter whether anyone's suffering worse than you or has been through more than you, you're still suffering. So I personally really shy away from comparing it to other people because um, I still think it's your world and it's what you're in at the minute and what you feel is, is what you feel. So I guess my thought is more around challenging myself am I really suffering you know so like when we were on the river seven and I guess if you'd asked them at, after three and a half hours am I suffering they would have turned around and said yes you know because they were all tired and they were all hungry but if you then said are you really suffering um you know when you put it in context or when you challenge that perception of suffering that's when you go actually no I'm not really suffering I'm just finding it a bit tough and it's not ideal so yeah I, I it's it's such a complex subject isn't it and that's what's fascinating about it and I guess when I was thinking about it this morning and you know how could this benefit someone listening to the podcast it was around you know someone who's going for a run and going oh my legs are really tired and I just want to stop and okay well let's just challenge that perspective a little bit or someone you know who's really tired and they've still got a shed load of work to do tonight when they get back in okay it's tough but will we challenge the perspective around whether you're that's really suffering so I guess it was that little proverbial kick up the backside wasn't it <laughs> you know to, to challenge that perspective and I think if you challenge the perspective and you still come up with the answer that yes I am suffering then that's that's absolutely your your call and completely right you know um so I, I don't think it's about challenging it to then go of course I'm not because for some people they'll challenge it and then I'll go yeah I am I'm suffering and absolutely 100% you know it's just reaching the, the, the people who maybe aren't they just think they are and by challenging it it enables them to do a little bit more so um, let me just work this through I challenge myself and I I go actually yeah I am really I'm really really suffering what's my 
what's going to help me in that situation from your experience? Mm. Um, what is my next step? Yeah. And for me, it's always been about acknowledging that suffering, you know, um, and in some respects, even challenging that perspective and coming to the conclusion that, yes, you really are. Um, that in itself is is acknowledging. And I kind of feel as soon as you go, yes, I really am. It almost takes a weight off your shoulders in that it gives you permission to suffer. Um, you know, so when I think of when my dad died, you know, yes, we were suffering that week. Absolutely. And, and I, I wouldn't say for a second that that me and my family weren't. And I'm sure, you know, you can relate to that, Rachel, and, and anyone listening who's lost a family member can. And so I think actually then being able to go, yes, I am suffering and I'm going to allow myself time to suffer. Um, it kind of it gives you permission to to sort of embrace it not embrace it that's the wrong word isn't it um but to just acknowledge that this is part of a process that you have to go to and especially with something like grief you, you know that there, there is a process that you need to go through when a period of that is is suffering i think the challenging bit then as in that i would do would then be asked once i've acknowledged it is ask the question, what can I do about it? And, you know, again, when I think of the, the death of my, my father, there's nothing you can do about it, is there? You, you've just got to get through it and go through the process. Um, with something like the Atlantic, you know, what could I do about it? I could roll them in harder. <laughs> um, so it, I think that would be my opinion is acknowledge the suffering but then ask yourself what can I do about it if there's anything you can do to reduce that suffering even by one percent do it and something you said earlier which I think is just so powerful that even when we're suffering we have a choice we have some sort of choice and perhaps when we're suffering we don't think we do because most of the things we feel like we're suffering because of everything that's happening to us um, but we still have a choice on how we handle that and how we respond to that. Yeah, and and I think that just leads on to a brilliant point, um, Rachel, and it, it's another one of my little kind of pedal stool moments in that I think we have a culture of looking outwards and wanting to blame someone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we are suffering, the first thing we do is see who we can blame for it. And whether that's because, you know, we're in pain or, you know, we've been sacked and we don't think we should have done or we haven't got a job or, you know, we, we didn't, COVID happened, you know, and let's all blame Boris Johnson for, for COVID, you, you know, we do have a, a habit of looking outwards and blaming. I think when we really take control, which then becomes empowering, is when we look inwards and we take responsibility and so by actually looking inwards and going okay I am suffering right now but what can I do about it rather than going I am suffering and it's all the fault of this um when we start saying I am suffering and what can I do about it we're taking control 
you know we're doing what we can and that in itself helps to reduce the suffering in in my opinion anyway um you know if we're putting that in the hands of blaming someone else all that's doing is increasing it because we're just focusing on it wasn't my fault and this has happened and it's so unfair so we increase the suffering by by looking inward and saying what can we do about it we, we do the best we can to get out of the suffering as quick as we can yeah there's a couple of thoughts i've got on that on things that i've just used um when i've been coaching really so just linked to that um i often refer to it and i've read it in a book around something called downward spiral conversations i think it was a guy called benjamin zander who came up with them but there can't we might have even talked about these before kelda but they're conversations that can only go in one direction and that's a downward spiral so they tend to be who's to blame this has gone wrong this is all your fault and those those downward spirals can be with someone else or they could just be inside ourselves actually so coming back to everybody else's you know being unfair to me or I've had a terrible time and none of this is my fault type downward spiral so what we know about those downward spiral conversations is they carry on forever and ever and there's no end to them but there's only one way that they tend to go in terms of our feelings and and the way to move out of that um just a couple of strategies really that I've heard one is that we ask questions to get ourselves out of it which is exactly what you just did then what yeah I'm there but what do I need or what's going to help me or what options have I got or what choices or is it okay mm. that I'm here actually so stop sort of downward spiraling about it and just accept it so sometimes questions help us out of it and the other thing that can help us out of it and this is more in our heads really I've heard this lovely phrase which is just put more full stops in your thinking and less commas so I'm suffering full stop I don't have to continue and continue <laughs> and and work it all out and so sometimes that's that can be helpful so that was downward spirals um and then i had this other this other thing that i've heard this analogy of a lift i don't know if i've shared this one with you Kilda. tell me if i have no um so the, the lift analogy is this so um if you imagine that you're in a lift and you're going up and down the lift shaft all the time. That's what we're all doing in terms of how we're feeling. And if we are feeling pretty low, then we're on the bottom floor of that lift. And if we get out on the bottom floor, we can only see so much. So then we get back in the lift and eventually by doing nothing sometimes, we move up the lift shaft. So now maybe we're getting out at the third floor and at the third floor, because we're feeling a bit better, our perspective has shifted. We can see a lot more because we've sort of, our mood has risen. So a friend said to me once, you know, don't, when you're at the bottom floor, try and make decisions and try and decide what's happening and try and work things out because you've only got so much perspective and actually just wait, sometimes just hang on in there is the only advice. And eventually you will move up to another floor and you'll see things differently. Do you know my, my slight kind of challenge with that, Rachel, is obviously a lot of the people that we work with, I think get stuck on the bottom floor. Mm. So my question is always around the how, you know, so actually, okay, 
that makes sense. But if you're stuck on the bottom floor, you can't wait there forever. Well, you can wait there forever, but it's not a great place to wait. So if you are stuck and you know, you've waited and you've waited, but you haven't been able to get back on the lift and move up, what can you do to start to change that? And I think a lot of our podcasts are about what can you do? And it's up to you and yeah. your own decisions. That particular analogy suggests that sometimes we can really try hard to do stuff to get ourselves off the bottom floor. And sometimes it's worth just waiting. And that sounds a bit like disempowering. But wisdom tells us that when if we're not trying to force our way out of something, then things become better. We don't always have to do things. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it is because I'm a bit of a doer. Like I'm not very patient. So actually the thought of waiting would fry my brain and that would actually instantly make me feel like I was suffering a lot more because sitting waiting drives me potty. But I think there is also an element, and I was thinking of the sat-nav analogy that, that I use, which is, you know, if you say life's a lot like a sat-nav, if you think of how a sat-nav works, we, we put in our end destination and you set off on your journey, but sometimes we get hold it, held up, sometimes we get stuck in traffic, sometimes we have to take a change of direction, sometimes we change our end destination altogether. But I was thinking of a time when I was kicked off the squad, um, and I always say that was like a time when I was stuck at the traffic lights because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, I had no idea which direction to turn. And I guess that is an example of, of when, yeah, sometimes you just have to wait for the traffic light to change, which is a bit like waiting for the lift to move, isn't it? Um, and the, I, I guess for me, it's that fine balance between when it's okay to wait and when actually you're using that as an excuse not to do anything um because it's kind of like no I'm I'm waiting for the lift so actually I don't have to take responsibility for this I've just got to sit and wait for the lift to come to me and that's a little bit of that outward blame thing because you're putting your happiness your mental well-being in the hands of something else it, you know but I think there's a really fine line and I would say that's back to that honest question again of you know like when we said am I really suffering also saying you know asking yourself honestly is this the right time to wait or is there something I can be doing so you know maybe again and you're only answering it to yourself so you can be completely honest um and i find that so powerful it, it's like self-coaching really isn't it and I just ask myself the question and because I don't have to worry about judgment I don't have to worry about what anyone else thinks about my answer I can answer it honestly so it's like okay is there anything else I could do about this if the honest answer is no okay maybe it's time to just sit and wait for the lift but if the answer is well yes I could press the button to try and call for the lift then take what action you can 
I don't know if you agree with me, Rachel. <laughs> I love your challenge about, oh, but that's a bit, you know, what if what if we use it as an excuse? Because I think I think you're right there. And and if we want to, we can use anything as an excuse, can't we? Like that the whole point of what we talk about is almost taking accountability and ownership for what your decisions are. But sometimes there's a pressure to do something, to get out of this feeling, to no longer want to be feeling like you're suffering. And I think that the thing that's helped me, and I'm, I've nowhere near suffered um, as much as others, but when I have had my own type of suffering, the thing that's helped me is, is two things really. One is knowing I'll be okay. And I think other people telling me that and me telling myself that gives me more peace when I'm suffering. And then another thing is what, you know, and this is more, I think I was never like this before, but I guess as I've got older, saying to myself, is there something in this that I could learn? Like, like I'm so used to not wanting to have any suffering that I never spend any time in it <laughs> and really feel it and really figure it out. And I think sometimes that I find helpful. What do you so that, that's just reminded me of one of my most favorite quotes um which actually changed the way I looked at things and I, I think I've talked about it before in previous podcasts but it's um doing things that help make um sorry doing things that make us uncomfortable help make us strong the more time we spend being uncomfortable the stronger we become now that for me was like a complete light bulb moment because it's a little bit along the lines of depending on the suffering but we associate suffering with being a bad thing but actually sometimes that's where we grow and that's where we become stronger so it was kind of actually suffering can that that's that's making us stronger you, you know so I, I kind of love what you said there Rachel in that again it's all about perspective isn't it but I, you know, and I even said, I know I keep going on about dad, but the one thing I learned was that it gave me a much greater understanding of when people have lost a family member. Because I'll be honest, in the past, when people have said, oh, you know, I've lost my mom, I've lost my dad, I kind of went, oh, I'm sorry. But I didn't understand how much that hurts, you know. Now I do. So I'm not saying it's it's um, worth going through you know it doesn't make that suffering any less difficult but you can still take the learnings from it and use it to to develop and grow and become stronger and and just give yourself less pressure because i think if we're already suffering and then we give ourselves loads of pressure to stop suffering or or lots of people give us lots of pressure to stop suffering so sometimes give yourself less pressure when you take the pressure off you move out quicker uh, because you're not trying so hard to move out if that makes sense like yeah and I think that's kind of what I meant about you know the acknowledging the suffering in that it then feels like it lifts a weight off your shoulders because in giving yourself permission to suffer I, I think you're absolutely right it then allows you to move out of it when you're ready because I, I think it's a key thing you know it's the same with um, acknowledging things that are tough acknowledging things aren't fair um for me, it's, it's a, again, a really fine balance. So when are we acknowledging it and being kind to ourselves and giving us time to 
grieve or suffer or wallow in self-pity or whatever it might be and when is it then becoming a habit and do we need to kick ourselves up the bum and start moving out of it and to me it always comes back to that just ask yourself the question and answer it honestly you know and um, I can remember when I came back from the Atlantic and for a long time when I started training I'd get tired and I'd say to people I just feel like I'm using the Atlantic as an excuse for not training hard and they said the same thing to me Kelda be honest with yourself you know if you ask yourself can I do any more if the answer's no then that's fine that's just the knock-on effect of rowing across the Atlantic if the answer's yes then you're using the Atlantic as an excuse pull your finger out and train a bit harder and so I found that's a really good judge of myself just ask myself the question and answer it honestly and you'll always get the right answer yeah and answer it really for you like not needing to please anyone else or not needing to be like anybody else actually for me and and I'm just going to repeat the question that you asked which is is this the right time to wait or is this the right time to do something I think that is like that sums up everything we're trying to say really isn't it because you know is is it the right time to suffer is it the right time to do something is it the right time to grieve is it the right time to do something is it the right time to lie on the sofa and feel sorry for myself or is it the right time to do something you know well that's 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 it isn't it that's it it. and if your answer to that is I don't know which I can imagine me saying um actually if you don't know then just ask again tomorrow and don't don't feel you have to have an answer today And, and sometimes I think if you don't know we'll do something and feel it see how it feels yeah you know if you do something and it makes you feel worse then maybe it's too soon you know if you do something and it makes you feel better well hey do it again tomorrow then and and like funny enough I was talking to someone at the weekend who feels very stuck you know and I kind of said to them just do something because sitting they've been sat still for 18 months you know it's been a long time and I said sitting still you know if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got sitting still right now isn't working for you so just do something um but I think again be honest with yourself if you do something it doesn't work then then not necessarily if it doesn't work but if it doesn't make you feel better then it's okay maybe it is too soon or or maybe you need to do something else and that's just back to another honest question yeah and there's something empowering around that isn't there that I well I did do that and it actually didn't work but yeah actually I did do it I, I now know it didn't work and I can remember having a conversation with one young person um, at, at one point and what we said was well if you keep trying every day the day when you're ready to move you will move but if you don't try you'll never know so it was a bit like each day she'd just try and take a footstep out the back door and if she suddenly found she was then walking out the gate and up the road then it was the right day for to move if she then found no she was retreating back into the house then it wasn't but if she didn't try putting that first step out of the door she'd never know so it was kind of just take a small step 
every day and if it's right you'll take the next step if it's not then you can go back to sitting and waiting for the lift brilliant well lovely summary calder is there anything else that you wanted to share I think it's funny how these conversations evolve isn't it and and that's kind of what I love about when we get into a discussion about it and I think the learning that I'll take away from this is around just ask yourself the question and answer answer it honestly knowing you haven't got to worry about what anyone else thinks but be honest to yourself yeah and maybe I think the thing I'm taking is um, have a wider perspective. So or before I, yeah, or the thing that might help me answer that question might be to get a wider perspective and then and then answer it. So I love how you started this and the inspiration that you got from people who have really suffered and still come through. Absolutely. And and that's a key thing, isn't it? And you've said it already, Rachel, I will be OK um and okay there is that unknown like abdul he didn't actually know if he, he would be okay but um for a lot of the time when we are suffering we we know we will be okay we, we might not be quite sure when or how but we will be okay and that's really reassuring yeah and if you don't know just say that to yourself until you do in a way <laughs> so just remind yourself i'll be okay Brilliant. Lovely to see you, Kelda. And thank you for this impromptu conversation around suffering. Have a lovely weekend and catch you next time. Thanks, Rachel. So that's the end of our podcast for today. Thanks so much for listening. We would really appreciate it if you subscribe to our podcast and left us a rating and a review wherever you find your podcast. We understand this is the best way for as many people as possible to hear about it. If you would like more information on Climbing Out, visit climbingout.org.uk or more information on Flying School, visit flyingschool.fun. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time.